Ashley, I wanted to I wanted to tell you about a podcast I listened to and then a book I I started reading called The Happiness Equation by Mo Gaudat, if I'm saying his name right. <laughs> Basically, he, uh, he classic story by 29 years old, he was a multimillionaire, had cars, everything he needed and was unhappy, right? And he went on a quest for happiness um, with his son actually. And right at like the peak where he was as happy as he could be, his son actually as a 21 year old passed away. And it was really interesting. He said like, you know, of course he put this out there that he misses his son, he cries, all that stuff. But it took him about five minutes to realize like, okay, this is, he, he has a happiness flow chart. This is true. There's nothing I can do about it. So can I accept it and make this useful? And I wanted to I wanted to get Ashley your thoughts on that happiness flow chart. So if something happens that maybe knocks you out of your happiness zone, what do you think about those three questions in order? Is this true? Is there something I could do to fix it? And if not, can I accept it and use this information? Um that's really interesting, Sean. Like, I agree. What, what's the name of the author again? Mo Gaudet, G-A-W-D-A-T. Mo Gaudet. So I agree totally with his definition of happiness, that happiness is that which doesn't pass away. Um, and if, if, we, if, if an object is bringing our happiness and it goes, then we know that, like, we've misperceived what happiness is. Okay, so yeah, absolutely. I think his flowchart is actually rooted in mindfulness. Like, I totally agree um, that it's rooted in mindfulness. The first, is this true? Yeah. Invites us to like pause and inquire of our thoughts. Am I correctly assessing the situation or am I adding value or making something up or my thoughts making something up about what's present? Um, and then the second um, question is what, again, Sean? Second question is, um, is there something I can do about it? And I can actually, I can actually elaborate on that one a little, you know, it was, it's like, okay, so you have something that happens, global warming, right? Is it true? Yes. Is there something I can do about it? He talks about this, like, um, of course, there's things you could do about it with your own purchasing decisions, your own uh, behaviors, but it, are you going to do something like at, at a mass level or not? Um, and if not, it should only be consuming so much of your cognitive bandwidth. Like you can only consume so much news about it to make it a useful, you know, useful time for you, right? If you, if you're like watching the news nonstop about stuff that you're not able to affect or not willing to sacrifice to affect, is that a good use of your time? I think that's kind of where he's going on this happiness flow chart. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where he's gone as well. And I think there's another element to it. It's just about, you know, like that uh, prayer, help me to accept the things that I cannot change. Um, and then that other saying yep. that the only thing that I can control is myself. And so his flow chart is sort yeah. of inviting us to say, like, what can I actually do with the information that I have? And if I can actually do nothing, can I be at peace with it? And a lot of times, like, it's really hard for us to be at peace with things if, it feels beyond our control. So he's talking about unconditional happiness, which I'm a total advocate of. Yeah, unconditional happiness. That we talk, we talk about the happiness discipline here. Maybe it should be unconditional happiness. That hits home to me so much 
because it's it's just so funny how unconditional happiness can elude us, right? I everything's based on like our expectations, and I've had so many times where it's like, you know, you go you go out to dinner and maybe like something's a little off, and like it can like mess you up for a little bit, and it's like, you know, you're out to dinner, you're relaxing, like <laughs> you know things are good in the grand scheme of things, right? Um, and it shouldn't have to be that things have to go a certain way for you to be happy, right? And I think that's a question people can sit with more. Are they truly unconditionally happy? And sit with it. You know, maybe you're not. And if you're not, what can you do about it? What can you do about it? Like if you find, you know, I think this this process requires like self-inquiry and self-honesty about like where are the places that I'm basically practicing attachment. Like I need the environment or the experience to feel and flow in this way in order to achieve happiness. And then if we notice that, what, what can we do about it? Yeah. Um, let me ask you something, Ashley. Unconditional happiness is the goal. Uh, do you find yourself often maybe not being uh, happy unconditionally and sometimes it's based on things going your way? And if so, like, what do you kind of do to work on that? So I mostly am practicing unconditional happiness. Like that's my my response to how I evaluate myself. Um, but I'm a human. So I have moments where um, I notice like, hey, man, I would have really liked if things have gone this gone this way for me or have turned out in that way. Um, and then that time I pretty much asked myself that same question. Is it anything that I can do about it? And almost always it's no. So I just make peace with what it is. Um, and that's sort of my process. Yeah. Everything's happening internally. I'm not asking anybody to do anything for me or to change something for me. It's just like a quick check-in. Okay, I'm acknowledging. Okay, I'm having this experience. I know I can't change this experience. So let me just make peace with what is. And you know, making peace for me looks like sometimes connecting with my breath and just breathing through it. Um, I found that to be very helpful. What about you, Sean? I lo- what I do love you that. do if you notice um, yourself not practicing? unconditional happiness? Mm, that's a great question. If if I'm not ha- practicing unconditional happiness, which happens daily, I'm a human. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, I, I generally find coming to the breath is like a really good thing that you can do anywhere, anytime. I generally like to journal about it. What I've found is even though I try to practice mindfulness, like my brain does get scattered quite a bit, actually. And in fact, I find journaling allows me to complete thoughts and keep them a little more um, succinct, a little more succinct yet comprehensive and actually connect the dots. I think sometimes when we think versus write, we make logical jumps and it's easy to justify it. But then if you kind of write it out and like reread it, you'll see that sometimes like these things don't make sense and you have to add more and work it and work through that thought. So that's something that I've that I've begun to practice with um, a little bit, and honestly, if it's something that continues to uh, linger in my mind, I find physical activity a great outlet. Um, generally, if I'm doing physical activity just for the mental benefits, it's going to be something boring, right? Um, and and what I mean by that is instead of like an intricate workout where I'm trying to work on mobility and range of motion and performance, it might just be like do 20 push-ups every minute for an hour, just like monotonous and boring, 
like so you can just kind of like zone in on something take a jog like some something that's just like you know very easy to uh think about other things during but something about the the you know getting in touch with the body really helps me gain clarity mm -hmm. thank you sean you know we're talking about unconditional happiness but i don't think we've ha actually like defined it what is happiness for sean what is happiness happiness or unconditional happiness well i think let's start with with happiness what is happiness i'm gonna i'm gonna steal something that i heard from someone when they talked about uh the definition of per perfection because i think it kind of aligns to happiness for me and um i i got s someone that once taught me copywriting when i was going to a marketing class said perfection's not when you've added everything you need to add but when there's nothing else you want to take away and that's how i feel about happiness it's when i really don't have any desires in that moment um like i'm good with the moment right now like honestly actually like Right now, it's the middle of a work day, but I'm so happy. Content is a word that comes to mind, which is an interesting one because a lot of, you know, content, I think there's a negative element to it, you know, if it, if it stops you from hard work, but just being content, um, not having desires. And I like to think that life is meeting or beating my expectations. Um, I found that to really be aligned with when I feel happy, which makes it pretty easy to be happy. Just manage your expectations. Nice. I, I think I agree totally with your um, your definition. Happiness for me is what's left when we're not grasping at life. It's that perfect peace. It's mm. that contentment. It's joy. It's elation with right now, with the moment as it stands, not demanding anything of the present moment. And um, I think also that happiness, which connects to the title, the happiness discipline, we recognize the happiness that's present through practice and through discipline. Um, and that is a sustained effort that requires a daily practice. I heard you mentioned uh, journaling. I heard you mentioned physical activity. Um, we've talked about mindfulness. I think it's so important for people to have a practice that they can engage with daily that helps to elevate their mindset as well as their spiritual perspective and their um, their physical perspective because that is what mm. leads us to that recognition of the contentment of the peace of the joy that's right here with us always. Yeah, um, I, re I really like that. I really like that, Ashley. Um, I would love to hear a little bit about why you think it's important to practice happiness. I think I know for a fact people that aren't as maybe obsessed <laughs> with this topic as we are uh, often find it a little weird to practice being happy. You just are happy. And I think they're right to a certain degree. Um, but obviously with, uh, with us focusing on this, with having the happiness discipline, we think there's an element that needs to be practiced. Um, and I, I can say that for both of us. Um, I'd love to know why you think that. And if you want to get into how you do it, that's great. But I think more people talk about the how, right? Meditate, journal, exercise, cool. But why do you think that's so important to practice happiness? I don't know that we're necessarily practicing happiness so much as we're practicing techniques that help the brain identify what's already here. And I think that's why it's really important because there's there's like neuroscience behind this. 
like what you, you've maybe heard of the saying, your, your attention flows or something about like your attention goes where your attention flows or something like that. So essentially what we're doing is yeah. training our brains every day. We're like, we're creating neural pathways in the brain that are able to identify what's already here through the practice of X, Y, and Z. And the only way we get there is through the practice of it. Um, there's a book, The Buddha Brain. I'm not remembering the name of the author, but he really dives into like the science of this and how your brain is not necessarily hardwired for happiness. Your brain is hardwired for survival. And so a lot of the times we're operating from that um, parasympathetic center, which is what causes us to not necessarily feel um, like calm or excitement or even happy. We feel stress. Yeah. It's causing stress hormones to flow through the body. And so through these practices that we've talked about, through the how, that's how we um that's how we focus our bodies that's how we focus our minds that's how we focus our hearts so i think that in order to live in happiness to like really live unconditional happiness you absolutely have to be disciplined about it you absolutely have to focus on it because you're changing your brain um which is designed from you know the early time of man to be in a survival state which is very important to be grounded and to be present into a, what they say is a thrival state. Yeah, I like that, a thrival state versus survival state. Um, I mean, I, I think you really said it well, Ashley. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, when I think about that, I start to also think about the reverse that you mentioned. So you mentioned there's like, there's neuroscience behind this, that there's uh, the brain is malleable, right? Uh, we're creating new neurological connections. It's called synaptic pruning, that when we start to build these new habits, you know, like things come together. Something I don't think people focus on is what you just said, right? We're meant, or we were, you know, over the last thousands and thousands of years, taught to survive, which is high stress. And when we're doing that without intentionally practicing the other, we're actually that, that neurology is working against us. We're building habits and strong neuropathways that are gonna be, hey, more stress, focus on the negative, find the next threat and focus on it to keep yourself safe. We're really lucky. I don't think people realize how fortunate we are. We live in the 20th century, 21st century, where we're inside safe, we're warm. There's an excess of food for most people. Um, if you're listening to this, you have technology and you're probably in the top 10% on the planet. We need to really, really dial in. Um, you know, th this, is, this is a good way to put it, Ashley. I, uh, you know how much I believe in physical training. Uh, my buddy has a shirt that says, if you work out one hour a day, what do you do with the other 23 hours? If you work out for an hour a day, but then you sit on the couch and you eat unhealthy all day, like you, like Ashley, how many calls have we had where I'm stretching and walking around and moving the body? And it's the same thing. It's like you need to you need to have your daily practices, but they're also foundations that are going to remind you that when we're on this call, like, hey, uh, focus on the happiness, focus on how generous Ashley was to give up some of her time to have this chat with me today. Focus on how lucky we are that we have the technology to document and share it and all this stuff. So, you know, you, you can see it's something passionate to me. That like the focus gets easier, like the more we practice, like that's the beauty of the brain. Like, 
So again, once you start mm. to focus on my fitness, I know for to use your example, Sean, like, hey, I know I need to move my body throughout the day. You build a habit around it. It becomes easier in time to 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 practice that skill set of moving the body throughout the day. And the same way works for like with happiness and unconditional happiness in particular. Like you start out with the practice and then it just becomes sort of mm. like your norm. You almost become, dare I say, masterful at it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's a, that's a good point too, that it becomes easier, right? It's like, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about, right? That's the neurology working for us, the neuroplasticity, it becoming easier. Um, Ashley, I thank you so much, you know, for this chat. I'm so excited for us to dive into the, the happiness discipline together and keep these going. Yeah, this is, um, this is a lot of fun. And I have to say, this is like me, um, operating and playing from a space that like is naturally joyful for me to talk about this that's that's beautiful to hear